Welcome to Breaking It Down with D'Anthony, with your host, Devin Anthony. Welcome to the latest edition of Breaking It Down with D'Anthony. And wow, has it been nice to finally have sports back. I mean, obviously, it's in a bit of a modified way. No no crowd in attendance, but it's definitely been uh, really exciting TV. And I'm just so happy that uh, most leagues have figured it out. Some sooner than later, but uh, I'm, def- I'm, I'm really glad that we've been able to, you know, watch NHL, NBA, MLB, uh, PGA, soccer, like every everything's back and it's, it's just been awesome but with sports back school's coming back soon as well and today this show is sponsored by in-depth test prep in-depth test prep gets you ready for your act and sat exams and is built by students for students it includes 50 plus hours of guided video instruction and is huge value for a fraction of the cost use promo code dAnthony for 20 percent off on your purchase so let's kick the show off today with the nba bubble so so far the nba bubble at disney world in orlando has been a huge success but not so much for the Lakers. They did pull off a huge win against the Clippers in the first game as Anthony Davis dropped 34 points and LeBron with 16 came up with a huge defensive stop on the final play against Paul George and Kawhi to win the game. However, the Lakers have lost three in their four games since and are not really proving themselves as clear favorites to make the finals. They have clinched the first place spot in the playoffs, but could potentially have to get through either the the Blazers or Grizzlies, then the Rockets, and finally the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. Yikes. It is clear that the Lakers aren't a super young team, and although they have a lot of experience, they don't always have the most energy or drive on the court. In the two games the Lakers have won so far, Anthony Davis dropped 34 and then 42 against the Jazz, but in the, but in the three they have lost, he's essentially disappeared. He shot 2 for 7 for 14 points against Toronto, 3 for 11 on 9 points against Oklahoma City, and, and took just 8 shots from the field in a 16-point loss to Houston. And... Had, he did have 17 points that game, but uh, LeBron James was absent due to groan, growing soreness. For the Lakers to have success, Anthony Davis needs to be willing to take over the game and score. As great of a player as he is, he isn't the most consistent, and he needs to learn to assert his dominance in every game, not just not just in the big games, because then you'll you will drop you will drop games like against the Thunder or or against the Raptors. I mean, even though the Raptors are a really good team, I think. Thunder was a game that we definitely uh, should have won. But LeBron is taking the point guard duties with with Rondo out to injury and is filling the role as more of a facilitator than a scorer like he was with Cleveland. Obviously, LeBron will still put up big numbers for the Lakers, but now but now it's on Anthony Davis to take that primary role on offense and put up 30 a night consistently like Harden and Giannis have done. I mean, they're both former MVPs, but if Anthony Davis wants to get to that level, he's going to have to take over. He can't shy away in some of these games. But hopefully the Lakers can kick it into gear and find their groove come playoff time because if they don't, the playoffs will be a very bumpy journey for them. Now looking at the other team in LA, the Clippers definitely know who to get the ball to and that's Paul George and Kawhi. Kawhi has been averaging 27 points per game in the bubble so far, while Paul George has been averaging a bit over 26 points per game for through four games. Now that Lou Williams is back and they hope to have Montrose Harrell back come playoff time, the Clippers are definitely the dark horse in the West. You can't have a bubble in Disney World without a little magic and I'm not referring to the the Orlando Magic. I'm talking about the big surprises in the bubble so far. TJ Warren from the Pacers has definitely been the most surprising player so far, averaging 30, 40, 34 points per game in the Pacers' first four games. He dropped 53 in a win versus Philadelphia, 34 in a win versus Washington, and 30 to- 32 in a win over Orlando. He has definitely taken the lead of a Pacers team who were fortunate enough to have Oladipo healthy uh, to play for them after there was speculation he wouldn't. Uh, but however, he isn't 100%, isn't in a position to put up big numbers for Indiana every night. Another surprising player in the bubbles so far has been Michael Porter Jr. 
He's only averaging 8.5 points per game in the season, but he has been hot in Orlando. He put up 37 points in a win against Oklahoma City and 30 in a win against the Spurs two days later. Although the Nuggets lost to Portland a day after the Spurs game, Michael Porter Jr. will still put up 27 points, but wasn't enough compared to Dame's 45. Speaking of Damian Lillard and the Blazers, they have won 3-4 and four and are and aren't looking to be the favorites to overtake Memphis for the final playoff spot in the West. The Suns, who have definitely been the Cinderella story in the bubble so far, have won 4-4 four and four and sit in the 10th, 10th spot right behind Portland. Devin Booker has been solid, hitting a game winner over Paul George to beat the Clippers in their third game. He's also been averaging 28 points per game through four games in the bubble, while the 2018 first pick in the draft, DeAndre Ayton, has, has averaged 18 points per game along with nine rebounds per game in the bubble. The Pelicans, who were many people's favorites to make a push to grab the final eighth spot in the West, have not been living up to their expectations. With Zion Williamson on minute restrictions and as a very young and experienced team, the, the Pelicans have won just one game in four. Looking at the East, the Bucks have locked up first place and Toronto has definitely proven to be the most consistent team in the bubble so far. Like the Suns, they won 4-4 four and four and really put everyone on notice with a 15-point win over the Lakers. A Raptors versus Bucks matchup could be awesome if both make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but as good as the Bucks are, people forget that the Raptors are, rain are reigning champs and still have a very solid team, even without Kawhi Leonard. Moving on to the English Premier League, my prediction was correct. Man United did end up securing a top four spot in the standings, uh, actually third, and will play in the Champions League next season. They've also moved on to the Europa League quarterfinal and are the favorites to win it with Inter Milan, Wolves, Sevilla, and Le Leverkusen right behind them. Chelsea will, will, will remain in the Champions League for next season as they finish in fourth, but unless if they pull off a mir miracle in Munich, already three down on aggregate to the champs of Germany, they will not be moving forward in this year's playoff rounds. Leicester City finished in fifth and will, be, and will be playing European football for the first time since the 2016-17 season after they won the Premier League. After a great end to their season, Spurs scrambled to secure European football, finishing in six, three points behind Leicester. Not a lot of people knew if Jose Mourinho could, could do it, but he definitely got it done for Tottenham. Wolves finished seventh, and the FA Cup winners Arsenal finished in eighth. Norwich, Watford, and Bournemouth have all been relegated, but Austin Villa barely survived, sitting one point ahead of 18th place Bournemouth. Leeds United, West Brom, and Fulham have all been promoted and will fight to keep their place in the English Premier League next season. Juventus has been crowned champions of Italy once again, but finished only one point ahead of second place Inter Milan, and Real Madrid are champions of Spain after going undefeated in all 11 games since the restart. Barcelona finished five points behind them. Although the beginning of the MLS's back tournament was a bit shaky with games having to be postponed, and FC Dallas and Nashville SC completely having to withdraw from the tournament due to several players testing positive for COVID-19, I would still say the tournament was definitely a success. However, the tournament isn't, isn't over yet as Orlando and Portland still get to battle it out in the final to, to decide who will be the champs of the first MLS tournament. I think Orlando will lead the bubble as champs as they have a solid all-around team led by former Man U star Nani, but they have definitely had an advantage of getting to play the whole tournament in their city and they're definitely the most acclimated to the weather at humid Orlando, Florida. Overall, I think Commissioner Don Garber did a great job in figuring out how to pull off pull this off in the middle of a pandemic, and if, if I had to give the tournament a letter grade, it would probably be a B plus. The reason I'm not giving it an A is because Dallas and Nashville did not get to compete, and most of the big teams like LAFC, Seattle, Toronto, Atlanta, uh, they were all knocked out before the semifinals. I was still pleased with how the tournament went as new stars arose and the competition was almost on the same level as it would be in the playoffs. Even better, my San Jose Earthquakes picked up 7 points in their group stage game and even won their round of 16 game before getting knocked out in the quarterfinals by Minnesota United. 
Moving on to the NFL, this year's preseason games have all been canceled. This is definitely a blow to many teams as they won't have time to find their groove and work out the kinks before heading into week one. And even worse, young players or other guys trying to make the team won't have an opportunity to prove themselves in-game. All this does is, is make week one a whole lot more interesting as coaches won't really have a great idea of which new players fit in their team. For example, Camp Newton is battling Jarrett Stedham for the starting position at QB for the Patriots, but Belichick will have no idea which, which QB will work better for the Pats in-game. There's definitely going to be some sloppy f- football week one, but it should also make it a lot more exciting. On to the MLB, although each team only gets 60 games, I think many players are just happy to be back. Through 13 games so far, the Yankees and the Twins are sitting on top of the American League, while the Cubs, Rockies, and Dodgers sit on top of the National League. The reigning champs, Washington Nationals, are not off to the greatest start, winning just four games in nine, but they should, should return to form soon. The Dodgers are deep and have signed their new guy, Mookie Betts, to a 12-year extension worth up to $365 million. They're definitely my favorites to represent the National League in the World Series, while I think the Yankees and their power hitters will represent the American League. All right, today we're going to wrap up the show with a little NHL bubble talk. Uh, obviously, you got the Western Conference in Edmonton, the Eastern Conference in Toronto, and to uh, help me out today, I got my good friend Nico. Nico, say what's up. Hey, man, what's going on? Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. So we're gonna be break down. We're gonna be breaking down the Knights today. Uh, the Knights have, been, have played two round robin games so far: one against Dallas Stars and one against the St. Louis Blues. And let's just say the Knights have been very successful against St. Louis this year, don't you think? Oh, definitely. I, it seems like every time St. Louis gets a lead on them, they just they can never hold it. I, I think that's definitely promising going into the playoffs, especially if we get a series with them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, they they were without uh, Tarasenko and another top forward, um, and I'm Tarasenko was out all season. He only played ten games, and then yeah, he had to get shoulder surgery. Shoulder surgery. So uh, I'd be interested to see how that comes into play. Of course, we, we did not patch ready, but yeah. We'll see. I mean, don't get me wrong. St. Louis is still a very, very good team, and even though they let up six goals against us, Bennington still played out mm-hmm. of his mind. Uh, Bennington was the reason why that game was even close, and it was it was honestly frightening. I mean, Fleury he he gave up a few goals uh, that I'm sure he'd like to have back. Seventeen shots and let up four. That's that's not yeah, great, man. I I saw his his save percentage. It was it was somewhere in the mid mid point seven hundred. So you know that's that's not. That's not what Flurry wants, kind of on his on his record going into playoffs here. So thinking about moving forward next year, obviously Flurry's Flurry's older than Leonard. Leonard seems to be like he should be the guy going through. But what are your thoughts on that? We age is always a big kind of it's a, it's a deal breaker, you know. And I it's it's hard because obviously Flurry is the first goaltender that we've ever had, and there's there's links to. It's just like a, it's an emotional connection, you know, that, that's our goal, you know, um, but it's, it's a really tough choice um, because it's not like Fleury has been playing worse by any means. He had a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a, a skip, uh, I'd say the early portion of the season, but other than that, you know, he was, he was solid. On the other hand, you have a, probably the best positional based goalie in the game, um, and I just I, I like Robin Leonard's game, man. And as much as it sucks to say that I don't want Flurry on the team, I think Leonard has just really good, just a, a really good spot on this team, and he could be here long term. He deserves the six million he's asking for. He's a top goaltender in this league, and you know I I it sucks to 
want to say that Flurry like has to go, but you know, I'd love to have both, but I don't think that's realistic with not getting the highest uh, cap increase this year. Yeah, I mean, there's no question that our first season, you have to owe all that success to Flurry. I mean, even though you have guys like James Neal and all those first player guys that did great for us, of course, but there's no, we don't make it to the Stanley Cup Finals without without Flurry that year, and there's no question about that. Even last year, obviously, the series against the Sharks were a bit unfortunate, but even Flurry had a good season last year, and I think you know even the. Even the Penguins, they didn't protect Fleury. They went, you know, they're they're looking more towards the future. And I, as great he is as he what as he was and it ha- and has been for us, I just don't think he's the answer for the future. And I think that's definitely going to be uh, Robin Leonard. You know, they don't call him the Panda for nothing. He's huge. He basically takes yeah. up the whole goal. Where they're very different style goaltenders. Whereas Fleury yeah. has to, you know, has to dive across the goal to make a save. Leonard barely has to move to make the save. They're just, I mean, it's different style. I think. I think it's going to be awesome to see this playoffs with them switching off. And I think that definitely takes the burden off of Flurry. But, uh-huh. I mean, there's no question that they're the, they're the best duo in the league right now when it comes to goaltenders. Yeah, and, if they can, and if they can keep both, then great. But if they can't, I think you got to move forward with Robin Leonard if you're looking towards the future. I think he's a great fit for this team. And I, I agree totally with what you said. And I, I actually want to move back to two spots in the season where – uh, one of them was against St. Louis, where you know Flurry let in an early five hole to David Perron, the first shot of the game. I know he'd want that one back. The two other goals, I think, were just purely based off of his size. You know, I think if Leonard's in net, he saves that. And obviously, that's very situational. But there's been a lot of there's been a lot of times where um, I've thought that you know maybe Leonard would have been a better choice for this game. I, I was actually at a game with your brother against the Kings. Uh, I think last February and um, we lost 4-1 and every goal was was picked off on Fleury because his, his body wasn't big enough. No one beat him short side. No one beat him on a two-on-one. It was just purely based on Fleury's size. And, you know, yeah. I think that how this game is evolving, a bigger goalie is better. You see guys like Ben Bishop and, you know, Andre Vasilevsky is a little bit bigger of a guy. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're just the more successful goalies in this league. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, sometimes sometimes you got to go with the younger players. Even, you know, White Cloud, White Cloud got a goal against the Blues. Who saw that yeah, coming? Yeah, he's looking great. His composure is awesome. I, I really like how he's looking. Um, I, I love how Stevenson's looking. He had one bad turnover, but other than that, he was he was looking real good. I love his speed that he brings to the game. And a pretty, will, pretty nice goal yeah. to kick things off against Dallas, too. Uh, of course. I, that, I, I think that he bring something to the team that is kind of just un- he's he's this calm like composed guy and he could just play with any line and i think that's that's super valuable to this team i mean you know oh, this is only the third year we've had the franchise yeah i feel like the, ch- the team has changed so much and i guess it's oh, it's probably course. it's probably changed for the better and that you know that you got to give that to the front office but i think we're definitely I, th- I think we're definitely set to make a far push this year definitely better than last year one hundred percent, and and like I agree with you, and you know the problem we have is actually a good problem. We have some very strong prospects on our team with uh, Peyton Krebs. You know, Cody Glass is getting in the league. I'm sure he didn't yeah. have the season he wanted this year, um, but you know, I'm sure he's going to come back healthy this year. Mm-hmm. Alex Tuck did not have the season he wanted, but I mean, you saw his performance in the exhibition game and against St. Louis, and yeah, I mean, two he's, goals he's looking Louis. like yeah, he's looking like the first year Alex Tuck. And I was thinking about that today, and you know. We don't have Neil or Peron or Hala anymore, and that was our that was our second line. But you know, 
I much would prefer our replacement line that we have for it now, uh, or the players at least we got, which was Stone, Pacioretty, and Stastny. Um, I, I just I think that's a huge upgrade for the team, and I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be able to go and win a cup this year and for years to come. Yeah, I think Stone, Pacioretty, Stevenson, Stasny have all been massive pickups after that first year. I mean, oh, 100%. I mean, even though Belmars, I guess, is doing okay with Colorado and Hollow with Florida now, I think yeah. I, I would much rather have Pacioretty and Stone on my team just because the energy they bring into the building every night. 100%. I, I love Stone's energy. Um, you know, per- Perron hurts a little bit uh, just because he, I mean, he was an all-star this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Belmar hurt a little bit. He was a great leader. He was awesome on the PK. Um, but you know, some of the other things, Martinez is going to be an unbelievable mentor for Shea Theodore, who I believe, uh, at some point in his career will be winning a Norris trophy. And, um, Nick Cousins has really surprised me. Um, I think that that is a very underrated pickup that we got out of him because, you know, he brings intensity. He brings positivity to the team. The guys want to be around him on the ice you know, he's just out there to work hard. He's a he's a shit disturber. That's literally what Alec Martinez said. And, um, you know, having him on a fourth line or even a third line. I mean, he we saw him against Dallas on the first line. Mm-hmm. And he he was just, the intensity he brought was, was unmatched. And I, I love that. I mean, the front office has been doing absolutely amazing. I know I've already said that. But I, I, I can't think of one legitimate bad signing we've had that hasn't worked. Like every guy they brought in has just immediately brought a whole other level of energy to the team, and I think I mean that's awesome. I I could also you know credit that to DeBoer. He's done a great job coming in so far, and then yeah. although you know haters are gonna hate, people are gonna people are gonna doubt, and I think even the Martinez deal was was slept on, and he's been huge for us as well. Of course, yeah. And I mean, you you literally saw it was it was literally on a stat sheet that when we'd bring players in either up from the minors or from a new team, they would score in their debut. And it was just, it was, it was unreal. It was, I, I don't really know how else to explain it. Um, I was a little iffy on the DeBoer thing because, you know, it just kind of the relationships there, but I, I actually really liked the move. I loved Gallant, but you know, as we talked about this Flurry Leonard thing, I think it was time to move on from that. And I think DeBoer has done a great job with this team. I love uh, our new cycle style play in the in the offensive zone. I think we hold pucks in the offensive zone way better now, um, and it just I I think that our front office has done a great job. The only the only iffy one was Tomas Tatar because um, he came in from Detroit yeah. with I think twenty plus goals and scored three for us in the rest of the regular season in the playoffs. Um, but overall. Before him coming here, that was actually a really good acquisition. It just didn't come to fruition. Yeah, but and he so, goes to the Canadians, and then we get Pacioretty. So yeah, we, yeah, exa- and we trade Nick Suzuki, and you know he's looking really good. Um, Nick Suzuki, it kind of hurts to see how good he's playing, but we have other great prospects. I think Nick Haig, he hasn't really got DeBoer's card yet, but I think he's a great defenseman. Um, guys like Jake Bischoff, who wants to jump into the league. I think he could probably turn some heads, and I, I'm I'm personally most excited for Peyton Krebs to get going. Yeah, here. and even 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 Waugh has been playing great as well. Yeah, Waugh, I don't think he's he he had an unbelievable finish to the to the shortened regular season after uh, Stone's injury. Um, this few these past games, he's looked a little shaky, but I see him as a staple in the lineup, probably third line center, um, and you know. 
I, I just I think we have a problem where we have guys that totally deserve to start, but you know maybe not on this team because it's just it's too competitive on this team. The the players are too good, and above all, what I think our team offers the most of is that everyone just wants to be in Vegas. You know, it's it's not it's just the team culture here is unmatched. I believe. Yeah, the the team the city's behind them, and there's no doubt about that. And it, you can tell that there's great team chemistry as well. I think maybe there was speculation when when Gallant when Gallant left that maybe that there was something going on between him and the GM, but yeah. whatever was happening there, it's obviously uh, been resolved. No, I I I was questioning at first, like I said, but you know, at the end of the day, um, there had to be a change made. I mean, look, if you look at our roster up and down, I think that besides you know the likes of Tampa, Toronto, uh, Washington, Boston, and Colorado that. Uh, in St. Louis, there's like we're very even with a lot of those teams based on you know names on a score sheet, yeah, that, uh, or on a roster. I think we're one of the deepest teams in the NHL because you look at you look at some of these teams that maybe have one or two star players, you know, like Edmonton with uh, McDavid. But I, I mean, obviously we have Pacioretty and he was an All Star this year, but we are a deep team. Oh, hundred percent. I personally, I don't believe Edmonton should be in the playoffs. Um, they actually just got eliminated. Um, and it's just cause they've got, they've got two lines, you know, and, and a, and a really strong power play. But other than that, they've got average to mediocre goaltending, um, almost no blue line. And, and then, you know, you've got the two top point scorers in the league, but it, at the end of the day, what playoffs comes down to is, you know, how hot's your goalie and how deep is your team? Because your roster has got to run deep for you to make a run. And we're I, we're definitely fortunate there in terms of you know we could we have two great goalies to to pick from and where even when we're playing a faster team maybe Flurry accommodates better to that because obviously he does better against you know on two on ones and he, he's definitely he's just a faster goalie than Leonard yeah. is but you have a team that's I, I, I that's more defensive and kind of just looks for those counterattacks then I think you got to go with Leonard. Yeah, and honestly, St. Louis was I think Leonard's game, but you know. Flurry, I think, should be getting the abs. You know, they've got a lot of firepower up front. They're also a very deep team. They've got a good blue line. Uh, M- McCarr is looking unreal this year. McKinnon's, he's a Hart Trophy finalist for a reason. Um, and I just, I, they, they've, they've got the speed, and I think that that's actually a better matchup for Flurry. Um, I don't recall how many games he got against Colorado, but I'm assuming he got at least one of the three, and you know, they, they rocked us in all three of them. So yeah. I actually am excited to see how Leonard goes against Colorado. Yeah, me, me as well, for sure. Yeah, so, but other than that, I'm excited. You know, one or two seed, it looks like we're going to be playing either uh, Chicago. Uh, if, you know, if, if Minnesota can pull this out, maybe them. Or, you know, even even actually Arizona, they just won today. So um, they, it seems like all of the underdogs are winning these. And so... Uh, I'll be interested to see because, you know, I was probably expecting to play teams among the likes of Vancouver or uh, which they may end up being the highest seed in in uh, or coming out of the plans. So, yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, there's definitely a bit bubble magic going on uh, for in hockey right now. But I, yeah. we, we look solid, man. I mean, although both games so far, we've we've come from behind and won it in the third period, which you know, nights, nights games, you know, they're not, 
they're not necessarily a team that's just going to put it away early. They definitely like to make us a bit scared. It yeah, makes the game more exciting. But I mean, they've they've got it done in the last two games. Although it took it took uh, the third period, they've they got it done. You know, scoring four go- four goals and shutting out Dallas in the third period, and then scoring three goals against St. Louis and shutting them out in the three the third period. So I think that's definitely a credit to coaching, but yeah. just the energy in the locker room and the chemistry. There's just there's just, it's it's unmatched. We're we are a different team than we were last year, and we were a different team than we were our first year. I think yeah, I think we have a lot more experience now for sure. Sorry, go on. I think as good as we were the first year, I would say we we, we honestly have a better team this year than we did our first year. A hundred percent. You know, we've got more depth. I I love our defensive core. Believe it or not, you know, we've got some some guys that you know aren't the most talked about players in the NHL, but they're solid for us. Um, you know. The game against Dallas, I didn't like our first 40 minutes. I thought that that could have been much better, but we squeaked out a win there, and that was huge for us. Um, and then St. Louis, although we were trailing uh, twice at one point in that game by two goals, um, I I actually thought that we smothered them that game. I, I, didn't, I mean, St. Louis had 17 shots on goal to our 38. We had 70 shot attempts to their, like, 28. Um, and overall we were, we were two for five on the power play and they were over three. So, um, I don't think that, you know, St. Louis really even came close to us besides the scoreboard. Yeah. And the thing about Vegas is I don't think we have a line where you, where they go on, you hold your breath. You're like, Oh no, like, I hope you make it out. I mean, you can argue, you know, the Reeves, the Reeves carry no check line, but even they, like Carrier, just Carrier and Reeves, just go through everybody. And Noshek, I mean, he could he could have had a better season this year. I think he's been slacking a bit um, at times. But even Carrier uh, getting a goal the other day, so you, you never know. Yeah, yeah, no, Carrier has been. Um, I think I think he's been unreal this season. Obviously, I I want to give my you know player of the regular season award to probably Riley Smith. Oh yeah, no uh, doubt. Yeah, but you know Carrier. Uh, he's he's been real good for us, and I I don't really see how um, any of our lines couldn't match up well. I mean, DeBoer's been starting the fourth line every game he's been here, and, and for good reason. You know, they get the puck in deep, and they either cause them to change, or you know, we may be able to hold the ozone, and uh, we'll be able to get our first line on against a tired core, maybe first line of another team. So. I, I, I like his uh, I like his ideas. I think DeBoer's a smart guy. He's got a good system running for us. Um, but I, I don't really have any complaints about our team. They, they, they're looking great. The, the Knights are just, they're, they're, they're solid, and they have no reason to not make it deep this year. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, so before I let you go, just want to get your thoughts on uh, on Seattle Kraken. What's, what's your thoughts on that? Um, so there's actually... Uh, someone in Seattle who got their logo tattooed on them, but it was like the Kraken that was kind of like caressing the anchor. And I, I personally like that logo more. I love the colors, the idea behind it. Um, their marketing that, that is, it is unreal. I don't know if you saw those videos of introducing the team and the logo and everything. It's pretty cool. Um, I'm excited to have them. They're probably assuming that the expansion draft rules are the same, you know, the Knights won't be participating in it, but the, the Kraken, they, they should be looking pretty good. Gallant didn't get picked up by New Jersey, so he's still floating around. He may find his way onto another expansion draft team. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Um, and, you know, I, I, 
I like what they've got going on there. I think that there's there could be a good rivalry there. I, I think that the the primary rivalry would be against Vancouver, but I'm excited. Um, and you know, I'm 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 happy that we can kind of get 32 teams in this league finally. Yeah, and the stadium looks sick too. I wouldn't mind taking oh, yeah. a couple trips out there. Yeah, I that, that's a that's a real nice looking place up there. I, I I like everything they've got going on, and I'm excited to see what their team looks like. And all the mock drafts I've seen, they've they're targeting some really good players as well. You know, like T.J. Oshi from uh from Washington, but yeah, and, and or Markstrom Markstrom for goaltender that'd be a great option as well. Yeah, and you know, I'm there's a few goalies this year that uh, I know Markstrom is a will be a free agent this year. Obviously, Leonard Crawford. I'm pretty sure Holpe is uh, is. Free agent yeah, this year too, yeah. so there's a lot of guys floating around. There's going to be a lot of really good players unprotected, um, and so I'm I'm really interested to see how that expansion draft goes. I'm really excited to see how uh, this off season's free agency is going to be because all in all, I think that there's going to be some big moves this year. Um, Alex Petrangelo is another really big name that yeah uh, yeah. So and you know. As far as we know, we don't really know what our front office is doing, but if we want to add a, a blue liner like him onto the team, I don't have complaints if we're not giving up too much for it. And, you know, that's asking for a lot because he's a all-star player. But, you know, whatever happens, happens. And But at the end of the day, we don't need to change anything here. I like what we've going on. Um, everyone who's needed to step up has stepped up. Um, I just honestly, I just want to uh, see Mark Stone get the C on his chest. Yeah. Well, unbiased opinion. Uh, final thought today, unbiased opinion. How far do you think we're going to make it into the playoffs this year? Um, I'm not afraid of any team on the East. You know, I I, I kind of question um, Philadelphia a little bit because they're looking really good. Kevin Hayes is looking amazing for them. Uh, Couturier, Giroux kind of stepping up. Um, he doesn't have the same numbers as he has before, but that's because the team's gotten better. Um. Tampa is another team that um, I may scratch my head about, but the biggest the biggest roadblock for me, and that's just based on regular season performance, is the Avalanche. Um, and we'll get a preview of that tomorrow. But um, and obviously the regular season's in the past now. We They've really got know. our number for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but but hopefully you know I, w- I want to see us you know show what they've got. Um, I've talked to a few people about you know what we could change in our style against the abs and i think we may be playing a little too reserved we're giving them the blue line i think we've got to attack guys like mckinnon and ranson and landeskog and you know they're 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 really strong forwards on their team and um we've we've kind of got to punch them in the mouth and we got to get in early we play physical and we've got to score early on them yeah no doubt about that all right thank you so much nika i appreciate it thanks for having me on man uh great talking hockey Love talking hockey, man. Have a good yeah. one. You too, man. Thank you guys for tuning in. That's all I got today. Also, make sure you guys go check out in-depth test prep. Uh, you're you're not gonna doubt it, and it'll definitely uh, get up your scores if you you know if you're going your junior senior year. So uh, definitely consider that. But thank you guys so much, and I'll see you guys soon.